It's Wednesday night, December 14th, 2022. Week 15 is upon us, and it's the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. Tonight is the playoff Q&A. That's quite good. Fun night tonight, Jason. I hope so. I mean, it's been a fun night so far. You're saying it, it could all go to hell still? Um, there's no, still I'm time. saying it's going very well so far. There's still time for this to be just ruined. Dave, always look on the bright side of life. Yeah. It's... And if I continue that, then we'll get removed for copyright infringement. Yeah, I mean, I like Monty Python. You have to be in key, I think, for it to recognize that it's it's going to do the song. So oh. we, we could try it. Oh, so then I can sing all I want. Well. And I'll be fine. I'm just saying you as in the you all, you know, plural. Okay. I didn't mean that you were picking on me. I just know that I don't know what being in key means. Well, then we don't have to worry about copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, what are we drinking? Yeah. So so today uh, we actually uh, got all fancy and made French dip sandwiches from scratch. And we're drinking this classic cruise Tempranillo uh, which is a Spanish wine, Spanish red wine, 13% alcohol by volume from 2021. We're normally not drinking wine on the podcast. This year we've had wine several times, though. Well, I mean, we're we're both 40 at this point, so. <laughs> we're getting fancy. You never know. Soon we could be having, like, the Brandy podcast. <laughs> you know, Brandy at 7-Up isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Red wine and Diet Coke. Um, this is a cool uh, wine, though. It really is. It says it tastes like raspberry and sweet leather, which wine just lies to everyone. But yeah. I um, feel like they just make up like five different things that it tastes like, and everyone just kind of goes like. <laughs> so there's a couple. There's a couple really cool. Oh yeah, it tastes like blackberry. There's a couple really cool sommeliers on YouTube that I enjoy and watching. Chocolate. And it doesn't the, taste like any of that. The good like sommeliers will tell you that, yes, you can get notes of anything from, from anything, right? And we all have different olfactory senses, etc. But what really matters is, regardless of if it's a $5 wine or a $500 wine, that, that you think it looks and it smells and it tastes good. Yeah. And I think we both agree that um, the Spanish wines, the Rioja and the uh, Grenache and the uh, Tempranillo, are very tasty. Yes, I have really enjoyed those. Mm. And usually they come along with like uh, some sort of Spanish or tapas food, which just adds to it. It's really. also amazing. <laughs> so, so what's going on uh, with your teams uh, in Fantasyland? Um, without going too much into it, um, I have two squads that are moving into the playoffs from the teams that I have in a guillotine league where I'm uh, uh, currently one of three final teams from 17 starting. So yeah. th- those are those are what I'm working with currently. Can I do a really quick experiment and identify the worst player on your team? On what team? Guillot- on your guillotine team. On bench and starting roster? He, okay. Th- in your starting roster right now, Why is it the an worst experiment? player is <laughs> Keenan Allen. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So, like, if Keenan Allen's your worst player and he just scored, like, 20-whatever points, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good situation to be mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And the worst <laughs> player on your bench is Amari Cooper. <laughs> or maybe Chris Godwin right now. No, you're you're right, because Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and Keenan Allen are the three guys that I was deciding between uh, when waivers go through tonight for us in dumping to pick up. 
Well, Stefan Diggs is available. Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And since I happen to have more money than everyone else, I'll be getting Stefan Diggs. Oh. And this is the advantage. Oh, of... you have considerably more money <laughs> at this point. So my $11 will, will easily... Your $11 will buy that. And you can buy the next most expensive player, too. And I'm doing that as well. Oh. Going all in, are you? Um, or not. Perhaps I'm not. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. But... Um, but the point is, uh, guillotine leagues are are, are pretty uh, pretty epic, and you can get out right away, if, especially if you're the commissioner, which I've done multiple times now. Uh, I've I've set up a league for 17 weeks or 16 weeks, depending on the on the year, and then lost in like the third week. But then I still have to do the league the whole time. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's nice that you're near the end. Yeah. Let's hope you don't lose this week and then like not want to do the you know. The epic championship uh, elimination. Hey, if you're the commissioner, you gotta you gotta trudge through it, man. What if you have to cut your own head off? You gotta trudge through it. Yeah, I've done my own epilogue before. Okay, or epitaph. I've, I've epitaph. asked you if I can write yours when you get knocked out mm. and you've declined. But maybe if uh, you win or lose the championship, you'll reconsider. Okay. Okay. But those are guillotine leagues. If you guys have uh, never heard of a guillotine league, then ask us a question about it, and we'll gladly. Um, explain more but tonight we're going to do a Q&A show so if you guys are in the chat room listening to us live drop a few like starting lineup questions or should I pick up this player kind of question any kind of question relating to fantasy football and uh, we'll do our best to you know throw some information at you and yeah we actually got uh, the guy whose head got chopped off in that league last week is uh, just joined us um he performed <laughs> horribly there was four teams in the league and you said that there was two different teams on the waiver wire that would have done better than him there were multiple com- or that would have like not been eliminated either. there were multiple complete rosters that were gettable from the waiver that were better than his squad but it's nothing against uh, Glenn uh, and and cheers. what a bold move that would be to just cheers like, to Glenn when when everyone's a free agent just like completely swap out your entire no team. one would ever do that oh that would be so cool <laughs> you you can, this is only hindsight it's a completely hundred percent only hindsight situation there's no way you could ever do that and uh, and and knowing you, you've been in these leagues for a little while yeah uh, you never expect the Spanish Inquisition no but it always comes it does it does it always comes. So a couple of notes on the um, news of the week to start out. Uh, you have a note here, Dave, that I um, smile at very much because the weather for the Miami Buffalo game is going to be five inches of snow. So, yeah, yeah. So we're looking at uh, freezing temperatures and uh, and five inches plus of snow in Buffalo for the game. And that is going to be, um, as it always is, you know, when these kinds of weather systems come in on an, an open-air stadium, it's going to be a problem for, uh, for the receivers, for the quarterback, etc. And it's hard to, to say um, that, yes, it will absolutely impact the game. And there's sometimes when the weather systems will roll out of the way, for example, right? Yeah. But, but it looks like they're going to get snow kind of no matter what's going to happen here. And that generally means uh, that the running backs are going to have a, a little bit more of an opportunity, especially in being able to dodge those tackles from the, uh, from the defensive secondary and uh, in line. Yeah. And the uh, wide receivers and quarterback are going to have a little bit more difficult of a time uh, in, the, in the cold and snow or raining conditions. So when we're looking at a, a team like Miami and Buffalo, I mean, they have a lot of threats that are out there, uh, like, like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, 
Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs. And, and I would never say don't play those guys, but mm-hmm. you certainly have to temper expectations in a game where you're expecting that much snow and it's going to be that cold outside. Yeah. But so what do you think? Like uh, uh, in general about these kinds of games, is it something that is on your radar uh, or, or the is, weather? Yeah. So I'm not worried about the Bills, but maybe, you know, and I, I'm not always worried about teams, but I think I read a report that the Miami Dolphins were using heaters on the sideline last week when it was 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, and they, you know, they didn't play exceptionally well. Tyreek Hill broke free a couple times, and that's why they scored. I really think that it could be a situation where, um, you know, Miami is just too shocked by the cold. They never play in the cold because it's from Miami. They're shocked by it, yeah. Yeah, like they only <laughs> have to go up north a couple times a year, and if it's earlier in the year, then they never experience the cold. Yeah. So, you know, has Tua played many cold weather games in his entire football career? I don't know. It can't be more than a handful. And we'd have to ask Sean uh, for that, but certainly uh, as an NFL player, he's always been with the Dolphins. Well, he's from Hawaii, right? I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. He went to Alabama, and he's from Hawaii. So lots of lots of southern weather to deal with in both of those places. Yeah. So so it could be an issue. I mean, all these guys are, are absolute star class athletes, and, and that's the way it is. But sometimes you'll see somebody who is, who is visibly having issues from um, from the weather or some kind of of really uh, intense kind of a, um, a clash from what they're what they're used to the systems that they're used to but frequently I suppose um, what you may have been getting at is that a lot of times the weather is talked up in these matchups a lot and that yeah. it matters only a very little yeah in and the end so so you could say you know this might affect the play of the a quarterback and receivers on the Dolphins to some degree. But if, if I was to um, install that into my rankings, for example, as some kind of a modifier of their play, if I, if I did that, and, and I might, um, uh, it's not going to be very much. Okay. Right. This isn't like a suddenly they're going to be 50% worse kind of situation. And you don't even take a lot of stock in like – teams being bad on Thursdays and stuff like that. No, I don't believe in in that. I just think that uh, Thursday night football in general is uh, has a propensity to be worse more than it's good because football in general... Uh, <laughs> it's usually that way. But if you play all the games on Sunday, then you're going to hit one that's good. You know? Yeah, that's true. I think that's kind of how it works. You're rolling the dice, and the NFL has to pick one matchup each Sunday. And they thought that they had some good ones. And, of course, it, it never works that way. Like, as soon as the season starts, every Thursday night football match gets progressively worse. <laughs> They're like, so who's going to go out on IR and, you know, lose their entire starting offensive line? Well, the Thursday night football team for next week is probably most likely. No matter what they try ahead of time <laughs> to make scheduling good, you know, you wind up with, oh, Russell Wilson's on the Broncos with a bunch of young wide receivers. That's going to be an amazing team to watch next year. That's going to be really good. And then we get the Broncos five out of the first six weeks on primetime, and everyone hates it. That's right. Uh, Next item on the list is Dallas Goddard, who uh, was on IR. Of course, he had a shoulder injury, um, and it was quite a a thing that happened in that game uh, several weeks ago. But 
he uh, has been activated to uh, be designated for, uh, for return from IR as of today, which opens up the 21-day practice window for Dallas Goddard, uh, tight end, of course, uh, of the Eagles, to come back to the fold and start on teams as early as this week. Now, that's news for us because tight ends have been mostly a wasteland, and mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard is a top three guy, has been all year. I expect him to get right back into it, and so if there is a situation in which someone dropped him in your league, uh, he should already have been picked up. But if he's not, he has to immediately be attained. So does this downgrade Devonta Smith, who's been kind of playing a little bit better in his absence? Uh, I mean, absence? targets have to go somewhere, right? I, I, I think personally Devonta Smith as the WR2 uh, to A.J. Brown is going to be just fine. Okay, I would think that the targets are probably more being uh, spread out elsewhere. But you I mean you might have a, a point there if you can correlate that they've been up since his absence specifically, um, then then we could maybe uh, maybe posit that that's the reason. Yeah, I mean Hertz doesn't throw the ball a ton. Um, one, two, three, four. Only five games does he have at least twenty uh, completions. So um, there's not a ton of that to go around, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, Goddard's been pretty good this season, and I think he'll immediately uh, line back up as a as a starting tight end, especially in that wasteland of tight ends that exist. So, as yeah, I said, that's a good point. if it's possible to get that guy for any reason, uh, but trade deadlines have passed in most seasons, uh, in most uh, fantasy leagues, so it's probably not a thing that you can do other than to be aware of it. I, I don't have any other specific news items. We could talk about injuries like Kyler Murray and other people that are that are gone for the season. Um, but I'd rather not do that. I'd rather jump right into uh, a, a segment in, in just a moment. Uh, maybe okay. we may have a drink first here. Uh, about about questions and answers from all across the internet. Are we going to talk about questions and talk about answers? We're going to talk about... Are we going to take questions and give answers? <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take answers. I'm not going to take any of this from you. <laughs> so let's try this beer. Then maybe you can talk about it. It's very good. Mash and coconut. It says it contains alcohol, Jay. Does it now? Yeah. Okay. I was hoping it did. So, so I don't know. Maybe we can uh, uh, alternate some questions. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and talk for well, too I can, long. I can chime in on the questions you're answering, of course. Um, so yeah, this is Mash and Coconut Imperial Brown Ale, aged in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut added. This rendition of our classic bourbon barrel aged Imperial Brown Ale amplifies the coconut character natively derived from extensive bourbon 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 barrel aging. I almost got all that. Can we run that back? Cut that part? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll edit in post. Okay. No, no, we won't. No. <laughs> we definitely won't do that. <laughs> um, so this beer, let's see. Let's take a sip. 10-a-dot or Huntley. Neither of those names are spelled correctly. Uh, on purpose. Okay. Well, it's Tana don't Tana don't But uh, we have a question from the chat room uh, for everyone who's listening or watching. Uh, that I assume is uh, a quarterback question, uh, being Tannehill or Huntley. Correct. And 
my my particular answer is uh is is that it's you not should, a tan of do you should probably uh look for other options <laughs> see what's on the waiver wire and, and i'm assuming that this is going to be in like a super maybe flex it's a yeah, super flex. league where there aren't any other options and to be honest with you uh i have to um i have to go with with Tannehill uh, because he's the more established quarterback, et cetera. Even though he was coming off of injury, so was Tyler Huntley. Uh, and Tyler Huntley is a guy who could easily, um, you know, be playing so bad that they just remove him. Yeah, that's true. So he's, he's a pawn. I would agree with uh, Tannehill. We were, um, I, w- I was definitely wrong about uh, that hot take. <laughs> I don't think he was a top 10 quarterback. Um, no. Did we get any of our hot takes right? Well, there's not enough time in the day, Jay. Okay, next question. Yep. So, question one here uh, from Jeff. And uh, just FYI, uh, I, I'm happy to receive questions uh, until I get too overloaded with them. I do a lot of them from a week-to-week basis. You can ask me questions on Twitter. Um, the the sign for us is, is at Drink5. Um, also, via email at daveatdrink5.com. And I've gotten a lot of emails over the past couple weeks um, I do rankings for fantasy pros. Of course, on our website, you can look at the whole rankings. They're all available. As of now, I'm number six overall. Yeah, I was giving you a lot of um, kudos last week for being number one at or number two at wide receiver. Number and, one now. Yeah, you're number one now. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure. I'll tell you, uh, it's really fun to do. But the the kinds of of people that are around me in the industry. Uh, they do this for a living, whereas I don't, and so I'm I'm interested. Um, you Tana don't. Uh, yeah, like uh, m- maybe it's something I should think about doing. I'm not sure. Sure. But but in the meantime, let's uh, make it professional. I have done uh, pretty well uh, in in ranking a, a lot of different categories here so far this year and in the years past, and and so I get a lot of questions. And this one's from Jeff. It was via email. And I hope you don't mind me sharing, Jeff. Of, of course, I'm not you know, giving any identifying information about you. But this is the conversation that we were having. I think he sent me an email yesterday or, or this morning. Okay. I'm in the second round now against the number one team in our league, he says. My running backs are Kenneth Walker, Etienne, White, and Fournette. And he just picked up Dobbins. So which two out of those do you play? Etienne has stunk it up the last few weeks but is healthy. Maybe hard to sit him. Who knows if Walker is healthy enough to be a factor? Then Dobbins, all I know is what I've read this this one week. Uh, I don't know the guy, but like the matchup with the Browns and figure that whomever quarterbacks for the Ravens, they'll rely more on running backs than with a healthy Lamar Jackson. So first of all, I really appreciate when someone asks a question and then they try to do their own self-analysis. Yeah, I think that that shows that that person is is really intelligent, is is trying to get that information, is, is really um, looking towards the light, uh, and and only kind of looking at fantasy experts to get that um, confirmation, uh, or if they provide alternate um, uh, suggestions than what they're thinking, trying to figure out where they went wrong with their line of thinking. And so I do really appreciate that. Anyway, I told him uh, we'll be taking a close look at injury reports this week, right? I like Dobbins. I think Dobbins is going to be inching up in my rankings very quickly, closer to where Etienne currently sits who is, in my rankings, the number one option for him. I don't like Etienne. The downward-trending Etienne on that team is not looking positive for me on any of my squads. I am not starting Travis Etienne 
where I don't have to. And I think that uh, starting him hoping that he'll break free of a slump is not very likely. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not teams that usually uh, break free uh, into you know amazing uh, inspirational gains. I don't know. They put up thirty six last week. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence was inspirational and, to me. And what did Etienne have? Uh, not much. Like five. No, it points? was all. It was a passing game for sure. But this is the point. So here's here's a nice bright spot. Uh, Ken Walker was removed from the injury report, and he's had a you know he had last week off essentially. And recovering from the injury. Right, but I'm not going to start Kenneth Walker either. Because Kenneth Walker is just removed from an injury. He's going to be questionable to start. Uh, but I don't think he's questionable. He's he's playing against the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, these are all reasons for me to not start that guy as well. Um, to to finish up uh, what, what I think, uh, I'm, I'm really only worried about the Ravens getting blown out if Watson and company on the Browns can start clicking, which they seems like they've started to do, and I'm hearing more about them opening up the playbook for Watson to throw down field, etc. Um, so if the Ravens don't get blown out, there's, there's every bit of chance that, that J.K. Dobbins just continues his running streak that he started last week uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers against another team in the Browns that uh, has not been very good uh, against the run this year. So good matchup. Uh, good player, uh, proved himself while already coming off from injury. Uh, as far as the Bucks players, Fournette and White, I'm worried about them in general, the Bucks and, and, and their shared backfield, and I would shy away from starting anyone if you don't have to. So for me, I start Dobbins. It sounds like you're interested in Kenneth Walker. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I would pick – if I had to pick one out of that group, I would probably pick Kenneth Walker, um, you know, just because that's – it's a great uh, – he's a great running back. We've seen really good things out of him so far this year. I know that he's playing San Francisco. They're very good against the running back. but I look at coming from injury, Geno Smith not doing so well as of late, playing against the 49ers, um, you know, and Thursday night football, all being items that, uh, that make me not want to start him. I would say this. They haven't had to play any stud um, – the, the best – uh, running back that the 49ers have had to play against this year is Christian McCaffrey. That's the best running back. I know. But, like, aside from that, there's been no one else that's, like, even a top 10 running back. So, oh, I'm sorry. There's been one other player. They did hold Austin Eckler to 9.8 points. Well, that's pretty That's pretty positive. That's good. That's good. But, I mean, I, th- I think that their ranking is a little bit weighted because of their schedule. That's all I'm saying. They should be – they would probably be, like – if they played a tough schedule, they'd probably be, like, 20, not 32. Okay. Well, I dig Dobbins. Uh, that's who I'm going with. If if you want to go with Walker, we can compare notes. I just notes. worry that Dobbins is getting too cute. Starting Dobbins is just too cute. Why? Just because he's coming – like, I mean, he's just coming back. Um, can you Can you tell me what his stats were from the previous game? Yeah, he played well in the last couple games. He's trending up. There's only one game that he played after coming back from injury. It's against the Steelers. But uh, you're always looking for that one. 18 points. You're looking for the one game after coming back from an injury. You're looking for it because you want to know if the team is going to, uh, you know, put you in on the shallow side of the pool and only give you a couple of opportunities or if maybe you're not all the way back to health, et cetera. But it was clear from watching that game and, and seeing him break through the line and 
um, and everything that he was doing, that it's not like they're going to hold Dobbins back. Okay. Um, but we'll see. I'm fine with Dobbins over Etienne, but you have to pick two out of that list anyways. Uh, you don't. It's not a pick two. It said, which two do you play? Oh, you're right. So. Well, there you go. I'm picking Walker. You're picking Dobbins. I think that's a strong starting lineup. Yeah, so I would actually play Rashad White uh, and J.K. Dobbins uh, out of those players because I like Rashad White for his um, – I, I somehow missed the, the pick two. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't even answer that question for you via email. Uh, but I would, I would pick Dobbins and White because I think that White is the floor running back for the Buccaneers. I hate Etienne. I will not start him in any leagues as long as I have someone – who is ranked above RB25. Okay. I'm sorry if you have him on one of your teams. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, but your RB25 struck a chord with me, and I am looking for the note that says, you have Dobbins at 25. There you go. <laughs> well, I think he'll move up for me throughout the week. Okay. All these players are going through uh, injury reports. But, uh, but yeah, Etienne scored, what, like four and six points over the past two weeks? Like, that is just – I cannot handle that. Okay. If somebody scores a total of ten points over the last two weeks for you, I mean, you're going to well, start him? Well, like I said, Dobbins over Etienne, I'm, I'm with it. But I think that um, there's just too many points out there to be had with Ken Walker to put him on the bench if he's not even on the injury report this week. All right. Well, I don't believe anything that Pete Carroll or the Seahawks say regarding injuries. Okay. Well, then you shouldn't believe many of the coaches ever. Well, this is the guy that said he's going to start Tony Jones uh, in this in this game, and then Tony Jones had two carries. Travis Homer, Tony Jones, Kenneth Walker. The whole week he said Kenneth Walker will probably play. Then, then he doesn't play. DJ Dallas doesn't play. Would uh, you put Alvin Kamara in over those guys? Because we had a Ken Walker, Alvin Kamara, Dobbins question. Would you put Kamara over Walker or Dobbins? Is this a you want to move to that question? Well, I mean, I figure it just ties into this conversation because we already talked about those guys. Uh, Kamara is far better of a start, and he's going up against Atlanta, and he's the um, even though he's had troubles too, he's the unquestioned guy there. Um, so yes, I, I would start Kamara over any of them. Okay. All right. I don't like Kamara. <laughs> just like I don't like Nick. I don't Chubb like New Orleans right now. Yeah. But I would still start Nick Chubb over any of those players too. Sure. You just you, there's some guys that if you have in your lineup, right? They're they're going to be top fifteen no matter what, and it's going to take a lot of bad games to get them off of that. But Etienne's a new guy, so when I see him doing poorly, like now he's RB sixteen for me right now, uh, and it's possible that if he does badly this week, and this week isn't even over yet as far as uh, fantasy stats are concerned. Travis Etienne could become uh, an RB3 um, as soon as next week, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes uh, players just implode, and that's what happens. Anyway, I didn't mean to spend so much time on that one, but it's an interesting discussion. So I'd like to hold for notes when we talk about this next week. Let's look at um, Kenneth Walker. Let's, let's look at uh, Travis Etienne, and let's look at J.K. Dobbins. Okay. And then we'll see kind of where they trended from where they are. All right. What do you got next? Uh, well, I suggested we kind of alternate a bit. Okay, let's do that then. Great. Um, 
So in half PPR scoring, which I think is most of the scoring that we're going to talk about really at, at any time, unless we specify. And usually we would only change it if someone's asking us a specific question about full PPR or something like that. Uh, we've got Rashad White, who um, he likes for the floor. This is um, a friend of mine at work. DeAndre Swift playing the Jets, who he likes for his upside. He's got a high ceiling. Or do you just go with David Montgomery instead? You're picking one running back. So all the defenses that they're playing against are within about a point and a half per game of each other. Um, they're just on the bad, like the good side of the median uh, as far as teams giving up opposing running back points. So it comes down to two things. Do you need upside because you have a solid floor elsewhere on your team? Or do you look to this group to guarantee you some of those points? White has five-plus receptions in each of the last three games. Swift is getting fewer than ten touches in many of the games this year. Uh, and there's a concern that the Bears might get blown out and don't go to their running backs as much. So even though this is three guys who look like starting running backs, there isn't an easy decision in this group, I feel. There is for me. And it's Rashad White? David Montgomery. Easy. Okay. There's no other player that is uh, playing on that team that's getting touches. Okay. At the You're not worried that they're going to get just blown out by the Eagles? Uh, I, I, and then he gets like 12 touches? I mean, I think that that even if that were to happen, you know, it's 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 likely that uh, there there could be goal line touches or whatever. The Bears are also a, a team that runs the football a lot in yeah. general. Uh, I, I can't be too worried about that. I think the Philadelphia Eagles will beat them because even when the when the Bears play well, they still lose their football games. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the Bears winning. That's not a concern. <laughs> You know, but literally, Rashad White and DeAndre Swift are are both members of split backfields, and and period. Montgomery isn't, so he is clearly uh, head and shoulders above for me. I, I agree that Montgomery is the choice here. Um, I mean, I look at him and I say, well, he's got the floor of White, and he's got the ceiling of Swift. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah and 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 I understand this could be a hard decision on paper, right? Because we're looking at David Montgomery, who's a guy who has in in many spans not scored a ton of points and it, were we really going to trust Justin Fields uh coming back uh and and playing against the Eagles and putting us into a situation where David Montgomery is going to be able to score touchdowns or even as you as you mentioned and certainly whoever this is uh is worried about um being competitive in yeah. the game but uh, I think that the Bears have proved that they've been competitive regardless of who they were playing with while they have Justin Fields as quarterback so I think that's a non-issue I think they're going to lose the game. I think they'll be competitive, and I think they'll run the ball a lot. Um, now, if you're asking me to choose between the other two, uh, that's a tar- that's a tougher decision. And I'm, well, we don't have to. Without looking, I'm pretty sure they're they're probably pretty close together in in the rankings. Oh yeah, they were very close in your rankings. Yeah. Yep. So we we agree on Montgomery. That's fantastic. Okay. Give us another one. Jacoby Myers is playing in <laughs> Las Vegas. Um, who? You know, he likes him in the slot versus the Raiders. They haven't been great against the Bucks and or against the slot receivers. And they're playing, um, like I said, the Raiders. Chris Godwin is hosting Cincinnati. He plays him for the floor. Uh, looks at Jacoby Myers as an upside player. The problem with Chris Godwin is that the Bucks have been terrible lately. So the Buccaneers are, I, I put bad, right? They haven't scored more than 22 points since week four. They have not scored more than 21 points in any victory this season. So if the Buccaneers aren't scoring points, then their fantasy ceiling is very kept. 
capped. They can't, you know, if their guys aren't getting touchdowns, then they're not going to have good games. That's just all there is to it. They can have, you know, 10 catches for 100 yards, and it's still going to be only 15 points on a monster game. So do you like uh, Jacoby Myers' breakout, or would you stick with the consistency of Chris Godwin? It's funny to me that whoever this is uh, uh, said that Jacoby Myers is the upside play while Godwin is the floor because uh, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> and if you look at the stats of these players in full PPR leagues, Jacoby Myers hasn't scored 10 points in the last four weeks. Look, look at Godwin. He scored 19, 29, 14, and 10. So yes, he's trending down, but every single week he scored more points than, than, than Jacoby Myers could think of scoring. Yeah. So I, there, there is no decision here. It's Chris Godwin. You don't have to like Tom Brady. It's likely that Chris Godwin will uh, will break out of his downward trend. I believe Tom Brady is throwing the ball more than any other player in the league. It's just crazy to think that the, you would even think of starting Jacoby Myers over Chris Godwin in the fantasy football playoffs, Jason. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think about that? I, I don't think that that's a good decision. You should have just uh, struck. He's leading the league. And, well, look. You should have struck this person down in person with a lightning bolt. Sometimes or we need to just, like, <laughs> you know address all questions and not just people who are very um, self-reflective Yeah, because everyone needs help, Dave. I get it. I get it. But it's not, it's not our job to, to help them, uh, you know, psychologically. No, that's their job to no, figure that out. That said, if, if you look at the statistics, there is no chance that you would, that you would think about starting Jacoby Myers versus uh, Chris Godwin. And even if you were to look at uh, Chris Godwin that is trending down, like, sure, he had, 13 targets in week 12. He had 13 targets in week 13. He had nine targets in week 14, right? So uh, he's trending down from 13 to 13 to nine, and that's targets. The problem uh, was that he didn't catch all of those and they didn't turn into points. But if you look at Jacoby Myers, he's going from six targets to four targets to five targets. Yeah, that's not... It's not comparable. These are not comparable. This is not a comparable tier. It is Chris Godwin, 100%. Yeah. But we appreciate the question. Always. Thank you for the question. <laughs> uh, let me let me uh, uh, look up another one. So this is Scott. Uh, question number two. Uh, he said, Geno Smith is scaring me versus San Francisco. All right. And, and we've talked about this a little bit already today. Yeah, it's a tough matchup. And it's Thursday night, as I will constantly remind you, even though you don't care. I, I don't care, but... That's fine. I, I, I readily admit that a lot of Thursday night football games, I, uh, I sometimes turn off to watch a television show or something. You're <laughs> yeah. like... Although I was glad, I think it was a Thursday night football game or Monday night uh, a couple weeks ago. Was it the Buccaneers where Tom Brady had a, a crazy comeback? Yeah, I did not have that game. I had turned that game off because it was so bad. My fiance and I watched that live and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're so glad that we kept it on. <laughs> it was like we were so bored that we were lulled to sleep. <laughs> you wake up just in time for the comeback. It was great. But unfortunately, uh, he's so old that like he can only... Uh, uh, like bring up the chutzpah for for one comeback, and yeah. then he has to like recharge for four weeks. <laughs> oh, bless you, Jason. Excuse me. Bless you. I want to sneeze on the podcast. That hasn't happened in a long time. Anyway, he had one of his worst games, Geno Smith, of the season uh, versus San Francisco already earlier in the season. This is uh, like uh, one of the first weeks. Yeah. Um, he also had a tough week, fourteen, which is last week. Uh, he has Deshaun on the bench and thinks he may explode versus Baltimore, but I don't trust him yet. Understandable, of course. Mike White is on the waiver wire, but has a rib injury. Most people in the world would do well not to trust Deshaun Watson. 
What should I do? Do you start Chubb after the last two games or throw Connor in? He played well last time against Baltimore, but my matchup this week is tight and another subpar outing will hurt me. Thank you for your time. So I appreciate the question, Scott. And again, this I've already answered this question, so I'll provide my feedback. And then, Jason, if you can put yours out there as well, that would be great. So I also don't trust Gino. It sounds like he's the most consistently good option that he has. And, and I think everyone would agree with that. Uh, so far this season, Gino Smith has been great. I've had him in a number of teams. He's been really, really good. Um, very a, solid. He didn't do very well last week. He didn't do well against San Francisco early in the year. Those things are just facts. He was facts. fine last week. 22 and a half points. If you saw the game, uh, there were a lot of issues uh, with Geno's play. Oh, yeah. Not not a good completion percentage at all. Two interceptions. But fantasy points are all I care about. <laughs> all right. Uh, and so the Watson in a fantasy playoff matchup this week over Rodgers. Uh, and uh, I, I am doing that personally. Uh, I'm starting Deshaun Watson over uh, an Aaron Rodgers. Me too. And I think he has a shot to excel against Baltimore. Uh, I think you have to weigh consistency here versus upside. So Gino and Deshaun can both be, this week, considered medium to high-end QB2s. And I think that's what you're going to see in most rankings as we get to the end of the week. I don't think that you should start Mike White at all. I, I don't buy into any kind of Mike White hype train. I think the reason why he scores any points is because the team uh, has to throw for 800,000 yards to do anything. Uh, and I think that him coming off of a rib injury where he went out in, out in, and then to the hospital uh, is, <laughs> yeah. not, is not a really great indicator of someone that, uh, that you should play during the fantasy football playoffs. Again, who are these teams? Are you going to start Mike White and Jacoby Myers to try to get you to the second round of the playoffs? That's not going to happen. You're going to lose. No, that's not getting you there. Stop it. So, as far as Chubb is concerned, we're seeing a downward trend with Nick Chubb. I don't want to mess with that in the playoffs. I think that Nick Chubb is a great running back. I think that him and Watson don't have a whole lot of chemistry as the offense doesn't know what it's doing yet. Uh, They don't even have everybody healthy. Uh, As far as uh, um, the slot receiver who may not play this week, David Bell, um, as far as uh, Mari Cooper, who's been having lingering issues uh, as a number one wide receiver for that team, uh, and as far as Deshaun Watson, who has only played uh, two games so far this season, uh, he did show improvement in the second game. Deshaun Watson is a is a great quarterback. We already know that, but mm-hmm. it's going to take him a little while to get back to where he was two years ago. Yeah, now, it's going to take him the rest of the season. But I mean, maybe this game he scores twenty five points. I don't know, but right now he's not gelling with with Chubb, and because of that, I'm not playing Chubb. Look, okay. you take trends into consideration, and and you you simply uh, avoid those players while they're not doing well. So I think that uh, RB one upside is where you want to go. James Conner has that, especially with Kyler Murray out. Uh, Colt McCoy, who may or may not even start this week. Uh, it doesn't really matter. James Conner is the guy on that team who's going to try to advance the offense, get all the passes in the backfield. He's already shown it from last week. He's going to score 20 points or around 20 points. Uh, if he doesn't score a touchdown, maybe 14-15, and that's probably more than Nick Chubb will score. So for me, I start Deshaun Watson and James Conner. And it's it's difficult to say that because at the beginning of the season, Hearing me say that instead of Geno Smith, uh, to say the middle of the season, yeah. uh, uh, hearing me say that instead of Geno Smith Chubb, I wouldn't have. Well, you have to be ready to make those changes near the end of the year because it does happen that way. Players 
go through trends. They're not great all year long. That's why so many teams that are juggernauts in fantasy throughout the regular season taper off at the end of the season because, like, it's really hard to have a consistent, like, 10 starting players the whole year. Yeah, they're like baseball teams They go up and down. Yeah, Yeah. they're going to go through slumps. (laughs) It's, you know, just going to happen. You have to be prepared to change it up and go with the people who are on the upward trend. That's right. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't fault someone for starting Geno Smith. He scored at least 19 points the past six weeks. No, there is nothing wrong with starting but him. But it's San Francisco. At all whatsoever. Uh, and, and I think that you could start him um, and Nick Chubb. I mean, those are your start-your-stud guys at this point in the season. Um, but I'm not going to be surprised, right? If what was What did he score when he played the 49ers in, what was it, week two or three? It was week two. He scored seven points. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if Geno scores, like, let's say, 14, and Chubb has, like, no touchdown but a bunch of yards and scores, like, eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but that could easily not be the case. We we could be prognosticators uh, or termed prognosticators, but, but we uh, are not, uh, you know, the minority report. We... Uh, <laughs> We do not know what's going to happen going before to happen. it happens. Okay. Yeah. I wish we did. So you actually have a question on here, Geno Smith versus Deshaun Watson. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was asked that at work today. Geno Smith versus Deshaun Watson. There's a guy who's got the two of them. And um, if I could find it, I'll go over what I thought about it. Yeah. Um, so you've got Smith at 11 and Watson at 16. Smith has obviously been better this season, but Watson's got a way more favorable matchup. The 49ers giving up the fifth fewest points. The Ravens giving up the 11th most. Yeah. Um, you just arrived at Deshaun Watson, however, being the one that you would rather start. Yep. Um, are you, you know, will that be reflected in your rankings? So there is a... Keep in mind that Dave is uh, amazing at the rankings, but he's worst at quarterback. Am I still worst? <laughs> Not the worst, just it's your worst position. Tell me where I am now. I don't even know. I try not to look at those numbers. It's like if you had a popular YouTube show, for example, uh, you probably shouldn't read your comments. That's true. You know, like, you know, you don't want the internet trolls to make you feel bad. Reread our comments for um, content. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so what happens with rankings is that uh, I do want to be very uh, predictive of what happens the next week. But I'm not going to move somebody all the way to where I think that they could be in the best of situations. I'm only going to move them like halfway there. So you're 83. Yeah, not not that great. But it's a better than 50. percent But but I'm I'm much better at running back and wide receiver. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean there's 176 teams ranked, and then there's experts ranked, and then there's another, you know, eight or ten experts that aren't even ranked because they don't do enough players. So, so, so if you if you follow what I'm saying, uh, I can't I can't just take him and say like Deshaun Watson's going to be number five, even if I think he's going to have an amazingly good performance, uh-huh. uh, because there's a lot of variables and factors involved in that. So I want to move uh, Watson up uh, every week as long as he continues to trend in a positive direction, and that's what I've been doing. But I don't want people to you know start uh, Watson instead of Justin Herbert, you know what I mean? So. Uh, so I think that again, the rankings are not, the rankings are not something Jason that, um, 
that is going to stick in stone. I I update them maybe once a day or once every two days. And you'd be ridiculous to set your lineups on Wednesday and not look at them again. So so I think that that over the course of this week we'll probably see Geno Smith move down a little bit and uh, Watson move up a little bit. But I don't think in my rankings that I will actually put Watson above Geno Smith because of how well Geno Smith has been playing. Okay. I'm just saying that for me, there's a disconnect a little bit from my rankings, of which I want to be uh, accurate and reflective of the most likely scenario. Yeah. And what I think in my heart... Is going to win you a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like If I start an upside player, that doesn't mean that he's ranked higher. It means that he has more upside. I think in this matchup, Watson has more upside than Smith. Certainly does. He certainly does. That's what I think. Um, another question. Where did we leave off? Uh, is Zonovan Knight all that? Is he as good as the three games he's had so far indicate? His three games aren't spectacular, but they're quite good. He scored 11.8, 14.3, and 14.7. Now that is a trend, according to us, according to mathematics as well. Yeah. So he gets to play versus Detroit, then Jacksonville, and then in Seattle progressively easier opponents throughout the fantasy playoffs. So is he someone who's worth picking up if he's still available? Is he someone worth using as more than bench depth? It's hard for me to want to start a Jets uh, running back, especially with, you know, out a quarterback at the moment. I guess Mike White is still the quarterback, but, you know, I don't know. Okay, so if we look at uh, um, you're familiar with this, um, I forget what they call them, uh, but the people that are similar to other players when you look at their metrics from like uh, from their from the, from the from their pro from days and from from the NFL draft. Okay, so who's similar to Zonovan Knight? Well, from current as well, from past and current. Okay, but the 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 players that are similar to Zonovan are Eno Benjamin. Um, okay. Uh, Recently cut. LaShawn McCoy. But like uh, late career LaShawn McCoy. Um, or like measurables at the draft LaShawn McCoy. Like No, th- these are just players that are, f- are similar in measurement from like speed uh, and um, and cones and okay, okay. Uh, all the metrics. I got you. Uh, like uh, vertical jump and height and weight. Uh, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, Jonathan nice. Williams, if you remember, who used to be uh, on Carolina for a long yeah. time, and uh, also um, uh, Alvin Kamara. So you've got a, a little bit of a that's a, a good pedigree. You've got a guy who who looks like uh, he is not the fastest, but he's kind of uh, a slim, like elusive guy, if that makes sense. Uh, who has a little bit of a um, uh, of physicality that could push somebody away. And the problem with Zonovan Knight is that he's in a bad position to move forward with his franchise, of course, because he has Michael Carter and then uh, uh, who's the... Uh, Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall, yeah. Uh, who is, of course, the guy who was just drafted uh, as their number one running back. So in Dynasty Leagues, he's not a guy that I think is going to catch on right away, just a guy that is a flash in the pan right now. However... Uh, for dyna- or for redraft leagues, right now is what we want. I I'm pretty sure uh, that I'm confident in saying <laughs> that that based on his stats and his performance, uh, Zonovan Knight is one of those guys that that could take you you know to the Super Bowl as your RB two. Interesting. Don't you agree? 
it's tough. I mean, if he stays consistent like that, I love it. Well, who else is going to come in and, and run for them? For them, no one. Yeah, exactly. He's so, only he's only rostered in sixty one percent of leagues. Well, but that's because people stop playing. <laughs> yeah, but like the people who are still playing are at least sixty percent of you know every league for the most part uh, who want to make the playoffs. What what I mean is, um, uh, what I'm saying is that he might still be available. Yes, uh, I, I not in a competitive league though. Uh, there's no way that Zonovan Knight's available in a competitive league. Uh, that said, uh, I think that he's a guy that you have to pick up. He's one of those guys at the end of the season, there's always like four or five of them that could take you and fill in and be that guy that's going to score you 10 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to take you to the end of the season, at least to that championship game, because you had players that had injuries or you had players that underperformed or whatever. Um, so, so I love him, but I think that as soon as this, this season is over, he's going to go right back to being, uh, who was... Who is that guy, guy, Zonovan? Okay. All right, what else you got? <laughs> um, so let's go over a couple more. Um, we, we had a lot of questions today. I want to thank everybody uh, that uh, Jason was able to get questions from and those people that emailed me, those people on Twitter, yeah. uh, et cetera. So uh, one of the questions that I pulled out from Twitter, this is from Joshua S. Lewin13. Uh, and for those people that are on Twitter, I'm going to go ahead and respond to them. Um, as well on on our Twitter account that's at drink five uh, he says uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name but it's the it's the tight end uh, a conquo over Andrews Mark Andrews he's referring to in round one of the playoffs is that the move to make and and so if you look up a conquo okay um, he has done fairly well over the last couple of weeks the reason for that of course, uh, being that there have been a lot of injuries on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, most notably, uh, Traylon Burks, who caught a touchdown while receiving a brain injury uh, and has been out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. My favorite part was was how all the announcers were like, uh, he did such a great job of holding on to that touchdown like he was available and, and like... <laughs> <laughs> His body just seized up and didn't let go. That's yeah, all. I'm not sure that he did a good job with that after he was unconscious, but good for him. Anyway, so the question is uh, a conquo over Andrews, and the reason is because of Andrews uh, not playing that well of late on the on the Ravens, and a conquo playing pretty well. Um, so my um, um, analysis of that is looking at Mark Andrews. Tyler Huntley, uh, if he's going to be the quarterback under center for the Ravens, which it looks like he is, uh, let's take a quick look at the stats that he has with Mark Andrews over every game that he played with Huntley in 2021. The last two? Oh, in 2021. Seven last year. Okay. Uh, So in that time, he averaged 7.3 receptions on 9.7 targets for 87.7 yards and .6 touchdowns. That's much better than he's averaging this year. (laughs) His lowest scoring game in that stretch was 3 for 48 without a touchdown. A Conquo, his usage has been trending up, but it's not it's not comparable to Mark Andrews. I agree. But the problem is uh, are the Ravens having issues that are that are that are more than just the relationship between Huntley and Andrews. Uh, is Andrews having issues? And so so Jason, if you can address that 
Do you think that uh, Mark Andrews is someone who's just not going to be startable for the rest of the year? Or uh, do you think, uh, as I do, and I'll put my chips out there, that I think Mark Andrews will trend back up with Huntley and they've clearly shown chemistry uh, uh, over the past two years? So clearly they had chemistry last year. I feel like that's kind of gone away this year because in the last two games, his completion percentage has been going down. He's only got four catches. His yardage total isn't great. I don't know if Huntley just isn't playing as well this year as he did in previous years. So um, I don't I don't think that we can rely on what we saw last year because that's not what's happening this year. If it was still happening, we'd say, yes, there's a good history of this and it's going well. Um, I think what you have here is a case of what we were saying earlier. You need to know when to identify the trend. And um, I think – the greater trend here is that Mark Andrews is trending down. Not that Okonkwo is necessarily trending up that greatly, but he is getting, he is increasing his receive his receptions total every week, uh, or not every week, but increasing the amount of targets, increasing his receptions gradually, uh, increasing the amount of fantasy points he's getting. So um, better to be going up than going down. Like, are you going to bet on Mark Andrews to stop the slump, or are you going to bet on Okonkwo to keep doing the thing he's doing? And at this point, I would rather have Oconquo's um, last two weeks than Mark Andrews. So I would go with Oconquo. Okay, I still like Mark Andrews. I think that Tyler Huntley was injured in last week's game and actually left the game, and and so that may have something to do with the with the. He stats. did only yeah throw the ball twelve times. Um, however, I can't argue with you uh, because uh, it is absolutely true that I do believe in those trends. And if Andrews is not getting the ball with the current uh, administration of the Ravens' uh, decisions as far as play calling, uh, offensive scheming, and quarterbacking, uh-huh. then then maybe that's not going to happen. Uh, so, so I think that this is a tough 50-50 call. I would go towards Andrews. I think uh, that there's, there's no issue at all with going towards the, the player that seems to be trending up rather than down. Mm-hmm. And and we'll find out next week uh, which direction that goes. Okay. So there's another one I'd like to, to take note of. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Smash. Do it. I took note of it. Okay. Yep. Oh, that was the one. I thought you had a second question you wanted to answer. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up with James Cook? He had a preseason hype. He was crowned a couple weeks ago after he had 20 touches and – 13.5 points, and everyone said, oh, well, we finally have a good running back on this amazing offense So we've been waiting for forever. But then on either side of that game, he put up less than three points. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's in line to get enough carries to be relevant. Were we all just, um, you know, interested in the fantasy fool's gold for a week on James Cook, or is he going to finally, you know, turn into a regular fantasy starter? That's good terminology uh, with the Fool's fantasy gold. fool's gold, and I, I always loved that. And what a I, good callback! <laughs> uh, and and I think uh, everyone was looking at him to start this last week, uh, and and I was too. I, I considered him an upside play, not a not a high floor play, okay. but a possibility of somebody that um, that could take over that job from Singletary, etc. Um, but I I really don't I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that James Cook is ending up being the guy that they actually trust. Um, but uh, I, I do think that, that James Cook is, is slowly becoming the guy that is the passing back. Okay. Uh, and so what that unfortunately does 
is instead of uh, instead of providing more um, uh, artillery, instead of providing more ammunition towards something that you should start, it actually creates a a horrible fog around all of the running backs <laughs> and says that you shouldn't start any of them because Singletary might run more, but Cook is gonna probably pass or get the the passes more mm-hmm. uh, and be out there for some pass protection, etc. Um, and so I think what it what really we've learned over the past uh, several weeks or maybe even the whole season is that there is no running back for the Bills. It's Josh Allen. Yeah, and he's been the leading rush for a long time. Yeah. But but there's no way for us to determine who's going to be that guy. And so if you have a James Cook, uh, the only reason to play him is desperation. If you have Devin Singletary, the only reason to play him is desperation. I, I agree. And hopefully you have someone else. And if you don't, you should think about maybe... Think uh, about your decisions and what led you here. How did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> Please... Please don't do this again. It it, it wasn't it wasn't helpful for your team. Uh, I have a question. Uh, one last question from Twitter. This is from Metal Militia nine two eight. She asks, "Please help." Full PPR pick two. I have Michael Pittman, Chris Olave, uh, Christian Watson, uh, Joshua Palmer, or Elijah Moore. Now I love all these receivers for different reasons. Uh, I think, for example, Joshua Palmer has really, really shown himself to be very good this season. But with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, he's just going to be a, a a floor receiver that's a flex play at best. Even his score is going to remain on the floor. <laughs> well, he's been good. Belongs on the cutting room, especially floor. in PPR leagues. He's gonna he's gonna keep scoring ten points. Uh, but yes, yes, floor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Elijah Moore has shown, along with some other receivers, uh, in in on the New York Jets that there is life to be had as a New York Jet. <laughs> but but he's not my pick. Um, I I happen to like uh, Christian Watson and Chris Olave. I don't really think there's a big decision. I like Michael Pittman, though, especially with Matt Ryan as the quarterback right now. Uh, the craziest thing that happened this year um, that nobody cared about was that Matt Ryan was the quarterback, and then the, the coach took out Matt Ryan. Yeah. For I don't even know who. I don't remember who either. And they were just horrible. And they fired the coach. And then they put Matt Ryan back in. And then they started playing football again. Because they're playing for Jeff Saturday. Well, you know, that's a thing. But at least Matt Ryan knows how to play football and has played football for a long time and is able to throw the ball to the wide receivers. Yes, that is true. So when Matt Ryan's in, Michael Pittman is a good play. Uh, he always is. And he ends up getting a lot of first downs and even some touchdowns. But uh, I think Christian Watson, who's my WR21 of the week, and Chris Olave, WR22, uh, are the easy selections for this. Um, and I would be very disappointed if, if, if Jason disagreed. But if he does, you certainly can't disagree with Christian Watson. It has to be Olave you disagree with, right? I, I mean, I guess Watson scored enough touchdowns for my liking. I guess so. I guess Aaron so. Rodgers found his dude this year. That's no, no, it's a, it's Watson and Olave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta go with them. That's that's a kind of a no brainer. Um, what else? We kind of addressed this one already. Is J.K. Dobbins Baltimore's number one with 15 carries and 18 points last week? The answer is yes. Yep. Yep. Is Michael Gallup a bust? So he had to break out week. Um, Two of his three touchdowns, though, came in that week. That was week 13. It was his only double-digit fantasy points week. He had only exceeded four receptions once. That was that one. His yardage high is 63. That was that week. So I say don't buy this brief bit of hype. 
because Michael Gallup is the fourth or fifth uh, passing option on that team behind CeeDee Lamb um, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the other receiver. He knows no receivers. Uh, other than other than the Lamb. Well, I mean, they... Well, Dalton Schultz is up there. Tony Pollard is up they there. They just hired T.Y. Hilton. Oh, yeah. And, and so, if you're hiring veteran receivers, then that means that you're not trusting of your lower end wide receivers. Uh, Gallup, I don't know what's wrong with him. Injury or... I think or, I might have been thinking about Amari Cooper. Injury is wrong. Injury or other issues, but Gallup is clearly not someone you want on the stretch. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he's the fourth option there. And we'll see what happens with T.Y. Hilton. Probably not much. No, nah, I mean, it's it's... He'll, he'll he's get no some OBJ, matches. I suppose. I would say he's no Randall Cobb because Randall Cobb is a guy that shouldn't play football, but Rodgers loves him so much that he gets four passes a game, no problem. No matter what. Yeah. I mean, those guys go out uh, after the game and uh, and they're like sipping tequila and smoking cigars. Uh, and they're like, how did we get here, Randall? <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Randall. Um, but yeah, I, I think Michael Gallup someone you should not worry about uh, on your, your championship run. If you have to have him in your lineup, then then you have some serious problems, sir. Okay, a couple of um, rapid-fire questions. Who has more value, Leonard Fournette or Raheem Mostert? Not necessarily for starting this week, but for the entire remainder of the season. Um, based on the ECR rankings, Fournette is 31 and Mostert is 34. With Rashad White in Cincinnati and Jeff Wilson in Miami, I don't know that you want to fuck with either of these guys because neither of them are dominant running backs at this moment, uh, even on their own team. So those aren't the kind of players that you want to start in the fantasy playoffs. Those are the guys that are consistently going to get you eight points. I think Fournette is more counted upon because Tom Brady counts on guys. Like, for okay. example, the, the game that they came back and they won. Yeah. Um, uh, Rashad White was the guy for, like, the first half, right? And then a little bit in the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, when, when Brady went and drove down the whole field and scored a touchdown and then came back and drove down again, right, it was Fournette every single down. Didn't Rashad White score the touchdown? At the but end he of the wasn't game? in on any other play on that entire okay. uh, comeback. Just the last play. And you know how I know this? Uh, because, uh, because Jessica had a team that had Rashad White and only <laughs> needed two points to win the game. <laughs> and she won at the last moment. But my point is that when when uh, when he needs someone that's right next to him on plays that are hurry up plays, uh-huh. he calls on Fournette. Okay, not White. Uh, so I would rather have him than Mostert. But I, I I'll tell you in my rankings, at least for this week, they're right next to each other, and they're at a point where they're both flex plays. So I mean, are you playing either of them this week no. or looking uh, to play them? Nope. Yeah, if you have to play them, I would just for once go. These questions don't come from my lineups. I would only go purely on the the matchup uh, and fantasy points, probably against, because okay. those players are not getting uh, uh, enough snaps uh, and enough of the spotlight to uh, to to warrant more discussion. All right, and then Tom Brady, who's playing Cincinnati, Mike White playing Detroit, or Jared Goff, uh, Goff playing the Jets. So you've got the GOAT, the hype machine, and the cast-off. And I have to say, I go with the cast-off this week. He's on a four-week trend going up, whereas Mike White has only played three games this year, and he's on a downward trend. And Tom Brady hit a bit of a plateau of just over 18 points and has since gone back down. Brady's really not a great fantasy player this week, this year. 
despite throwing 40 or more passes 10 times this year, leading the league in both completions and attempts, but he's not turning that into major fantasy performances at all. It's all a lot of very short passing. I love these questions tonight. It's been really fun. Uh, good discussions. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, it's definitely not on Mike White. Again, it's because of the injuries, because of the issues from the past game. Uh, I, I don't think he's a bad guy, but like uh, we, we need to squash this. Yeah. He's, he's not a QB1. It has to stop. No. And now if we're comparing him against Tom Brady or Jared Goff, you're talking... Dave is trying to derail the Mike White bandwagon. You're talking about the quarterback, uh, uh, Jared Goff, who uh, is, is actually quarterbacking one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL so far this year exactly. based on stats. Exactly. Um, I, I go, obviously, Brady or Goff. Uh, in my personal rankings right now, I have Brady at 13 and Goff at 14. Uh, again, that could be changed, but I'm, I'm afraid of the sauce... You know, uh, I'm afraid of, uh, you know who the sauce is, right? The sauce? No. This guy doesn't watch football in 2022, <laughs> does he? Sauce Gardner? You don't know Sauce Gardner? Oh, I had a lot of fun with Sauce Gardner. Yeah, okay. So. Uh, the one week that I watched football, Sauce Gardner was featured heavily. <laughs> uh, I've watched for at least three weeks, guys. So I, uh, I'm just kidding. But but a New York the New York Jets defense has been really good this year yeah. and uh, the secondary has been good and Sauce Gardner has been great against all the people he goes up against. Yeah. My and, friend's gonna name his uh, new son after Sauce Gardner. Oh, Schmeichel? Uh, no, that was the first one. Oh. <laughs> Next one will be Saucer. I'm not gonna say the last name. This is fine. Okay. Uh, but my point is, uh, I I love uh, Jared Goff, but I'm worried about Sauce. Now, Tom Brady, to your point, uh, has not been playing very well, and he's going up against Cincinnati, who is supposed to have a good defense and statistically uh, looks like they'll do well against him. I don't believe that. I think uh, Tom Brady comes back and, and scores some points because uh, their team has a ridiculous amount of talent at wide receiver, way more than the Jets. And and I can't believe that they're just going to be held uh, for whatever reason. I think... When you look at those throws that Tom made last week, for example, and I watched the game, uh, almost all of them were like right next to the receiver, yeah. but, but they're just like a little bit off or something. Yeah. So I can't imagine that's going to continue. And I can never put Jared Goff above Tom Brady, and Mike White is not a QB1. Therefore, <laughs> Tom Brady uh, is top of the pops for me. Okay. So I go the GOAT. You go the uh, cast off. The cast off. All right. So we have a couple. I like watching that. Yeah. I, I like watching um, uh, what were some of the other things that we were looking at. Well, like we really want to take note of the very first question that we discussed where we were talking about Ken Walker, Dobbins, Dobbins Walker, and Etienne. Etienne. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we both agree that White and Fournette are definitely behind that group. So let's look at that. Let's look at Brady, White, and Goff. And then there was an, another one in the middle that I was interested in. Well, we kept wondering about Geno Smith versus Deshaun Watson. That's true. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Um. And you were talking about Chubb versus Connor. Yeah, I don't think that's a big you, one. You think that Connor is just going away? The choice there? Oconquo versus Andrews. That was an interesting Oh, yeah, that's what we Because were I came up with Oconquo as that's what we were my preference. At. So I think, uh, I think those three are the big ones to look at. Um, Chubb is clearly a downward trend right now, and hopefully he comes back up. But that has more to do with the Watson and the offense and what happens there. Yeah. So, and so, then the final question really is, um, my jerk coworkers are both on a bye this week. What are they supposed to do on a bye week with fantasy football? Uh, 
Are, are you asking what the coworkers are supposed to do? Or? Yeah, what are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to have fun with fantasy football if they're on a bye? Those poor guys. <laughs> so what's your answer? I'm kidding, of course. Um, I don't care. They can go, you know, they can go pound sand for all I care. Oh, you're saying they're on bye. You're saying you don't have a bye week. I don't have a bye oh, week. Oh, this question comes from you. I misunderstand. So, so, I suppose this does so come your from coworkers, uh, that some of which you were asking for questions. Yeah, they contributed some of these questions that I was asking. They're on bye weeks. Yeah. I see. So, so what do they do? Well, what they do is probably not pay as much attention and then not understand the uh, intricacies of what happens during this week and then lose next week because they didn't uh, get the subtext of some of the things that occurred during the week. Good answer. Good answer. So there we go. And we're sorry, but, uh, you know, you got to keep keep rolling. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a Fred Durst quote, by the way. I have two eight-win teams, and those are my best two teams, but they're both in the playoffs. It doesn't matter how many wins you have. It only matters that you make the playoffs. Just that you win the next three games. That's right. That's all that matters. Win three in a row and go down in history with your name on a trophy. Bussin'. All right, well, it was a fun time, Dave. Um, we've got a couple more shows left this year, so we'll be on Tuesday night next week. If you want to join us live and ask any questions on the chat room, watch the stream live. Uh, maybe we'll give a waiver tip or two, and um, you know, drink five, everybody. <laughs>